Thanks for checking out this podcast from SWGFL. We're here to help teachers and education professionals support children and young people in all that they do online. Just to avoid any confusion, in autumn of 2022, we branded our podcasts as Interface. This is actually one of our older episodes from before the big rebrand, so it might sound a little bit different. However, there's still the same top quality advice and expert support throughout. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to this Safeguarding Children online podcast brought to you by SWGFL. Welcome to the SWGFL podcast, the free definitive guide helping educators keep young people and yourselves safe online. I'm Gareth Court, here with Jess McBeth. Hi, Jess. Hello, hello. And we are consultants with SWGFL, partner in the UK Safer Internet Centre. Welcome to the podcast. Now, in previous podcasts, we've tended to focus on different online safety topics or issues. Um, for this one, we're going a little bit different. We're actually going to be focusing on a specific specific film that highlights a number of those issues. Uh, and the film in question is one that was released fairly recently to stream on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And a uh, question to start us off then, Jess, thinking about it, should educators use this film in the classroom with their students? Okay, <clears throat> that's a big one. Um, oh, come on. A social dilemma of its own, maybe. <laughs> uh, answer is, you know, answers on a postcard. Um, possibly, possibly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we probably should explain what the social dilemma is, right? For probably a useful place to start. Yeah, let's start there. <laughs> um, so it's, uh, I was having a look at the description. The description is it's a documentary-drama hybrid <laughs> oh those one of those <laughs> there is a website for it uh, socialdilemma.com and the background to it is uh, Tristan Harris and the Centre for Humane Technology if anybody's uh, come across the work of, of Tristan and the Centre before which is all about the kind of structural and systemic issues about technology design and how it influences what we do and what we think and what we believe and how long we spend online and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, should you use it in the classroom? Whew. It's, uh, I don't know. I mean, put it, right, I've got a question for you, Gareth. What yep. word comes, if you had to put it into one word, right, what is the impact of the film for you or the impact generally, what one word would you use? Oh, I'm not sure I can say that word on uh, on audio. Um, no, I'll, I'll pick a better word. Uh, frustrating was the word that came out for me. How about you? Panic. 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 Okay. Yeah. Why? Why panic? Uh, because I'm seeing panic. I'm seeing it on Twitter. I'm seeing it on uh, Facebook. I'm hearing it from educators. They watch the film and they feel uh, panic, and hence my slight uh you know should you use it in the classroom if you want to generate <laughs> some sort of high level of emotion then yes <laughs> yeah how, how whipped up do you want to get your young people 
and you know, but that hey, that's the crux of it. Would they get whipped up by it, or would they just go switch off? Go, oh please, more adults talking about the terrible well, news of tech. Well, it's interesting you say that because because actually I felt a little bit like that watching it, and that's why my overriding word was frustrated because it and you know we'll we'll talk about the film in more detail in a minute and and some of the things they got right and then other things where maybe maybe it's it's been conflated but but I kind of it brought out the cynical side of me I was sitting watching it going yeah but that's not quite true or yeah but you're you're missing this or and and actually I think if you were a young person watching it there is the possibility of also ending up feeling not only frustrated or switched off but also feeling uh that it was quite condescending because I didn't really feel mm. that it featured the voice of young people, young people's perspective of social media and its impact on them. You had a lot of experts, a lot of people who previously worked for the likes of Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and Uber and and, and others talking about things that he had a hand in creating, features that were designed to increase engagement or connectivity or attention and and, and marketability and all of that. But But at no point was there ever really any input from young people as to their perspectives on this. It was a lot of adults talking about the impact of social media on everyone, but also on young people specifically. And I, th- I thought that was a, a missed opportunity. That's a that's a great point. I mean, let's let's talk about so so what they have in the film. If those of you who haven't seen it, is lots of technology folk, um, primarily from the US, I'm guessing, uh, talking about their experiences of working in technology, designing some of the things that we you know we use in, in social media certainly all the time things like the like button and sort of looking back in 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 despair about how they created these things and then the woeful impact that they're having on the world so it i mean it really it's so broad ranging that they talk about addiction and screen time and uh you know negativity and and, and you know, impact on mental health, and they talk about the kind of going down the rabbit hole, um, echo chamber, misinformation, disinformation. Um, they also dramatize, so it's got a nice little drama that runs throughout it. So he- hence the reason it's a documentary dash drama, because uh, it, it's got a whole dramatized thing going on with a family who are having a kind of breakdown with you know a young member of the family getting into all kinds of weird online content with real world consequences so it's you know there's a lot packed in there and it is incredibly compelling watching hearing these tech folk you know real yeah, de- stories i, I mean de- definitely definitely compelling watching and and yeah a lot of interesting things in there and and you're right i think there is an awful lot packed in there on on their website by the way it kind of lists the mean the main three themes as being all those things you've just said the the mental health dilemma the democracy dilemma and the discrimination dilemma um and i think again i think this was a little bit of a of part of the film's undoing in that because it focused on so much it kind of danced around from bit to bit um and I think it was quite difficult then for you to actually make some to, to have time to reflect on any of those those issues in isolation because it kind of wove them all together, which kind of social media is. Let's face it, it, it does. These issues are more are kind of all woven together. Social media reflects societies and, and the fabrics of society. So, so it is complex. But I think it then made it really hard for you as an end watcher to, to try and unpick those and, and kind of decide what it all meant. 
And I kind of felt that sometimes they, they, they led you to certain conclusions immediately and said, right, well, that's what it means. Other times I felt they, they almost did the opposite and just left it so open that you, you kind of didn't quite know what to think. Right. I don't so know if you agree. Then, the question then about using it in the classroom. So, so my kind of hesitance about that was with, with, with what were you going to be using it for? <laughs> yeah. Like, what are we trying to get out of that? Um, but you could then you could take bits of it, maybe, uh, you know, on particular topic aspects. Yeah, I, th I think if you if you wanted to focus on, say, something like the amount of time that that young people spend on devices or people are spending on the devices, then maybe you could take that segment of the film and talk about that. I guess the, th the thing to bear in mind is that it is because it is US focused and, and all the representatives are from the, the big US tech companies and social media companies it is quite US centric. So all the research and the stats and everything in there are, are obviously taken from a, from American population. So you do have to keep that in mind in, in terms of a UK context. But I think as opening discussion points and, and broaching a discussion with young people, I think I think you could have some really interesting uh, discussions, but also some debates on this as well, based on on their own knowledge or their own perspective. What about? I mean, you know, I think you said this. Is every is every perspective on there? Like we, we don't know all the answers to some of this stuff, do we? Like we don't yet know really the impact of technology on our mental health. You know? Yeah, yeah, it's it's and this is where the, the danger comes in, doesn't it, in terms of drawing conclusions. And as uh, yeah, we, we chatted about before this podcast and I've seen a number of different uh, critiques and reviews of this film is, is people are saying, well, is this a documentary or is this a polemic? Is this just an attack on the social media industry? Because there's no one currently active in the social media industry that appears on film in this to to defend any of these positions or explain them further or or justify them that it it kind of feels like it's it's a film full of critics and that just then makes a balanced discussion about this very very difficult because you feel like you're only getting one side of the coin so it's i think it's really important if you choose to use this in the classroom that you need to you need to provide that other side you need to look at the things that social media does well and the positives and, and I think in fact 2020 has been a very interesting year for that given the fact that we've all had to remain at home for a significant period of time while social media has has brought to light some some issues and some problems that were already there before 2020 I think it's also provided some great opportunities for people to survive having to be in lockdown and being you know separated physically from friends and family so so I think that the benefits of social media need to be factored back into this as well particularly the benefits to young people and and then also this this understanding of the fact that these these issues are mixed together and actually there was one line in the film uh, from Tristan who said um that social media is a simultaneous utopia and dystopia taking place at the same time, which is a really lovely line. I quite like that. It's kind of saying that the, the, the best things possible are happening on social media right alongside the worst things, but they're all mixed together, um, both in terms of features and people and societies. And you, you have to unpick that. And I think, I think that's the thing that you need to do with this film as well, is you need to unpick it in order to ask the right kinds of questions with the young people you're working with in order to have the right kind of discussion. So, so I totally agree with your hesitance, Jess. I, I wouldn't just chuck it in the classroom, stick it on for an hour and a half and say, right, let's talk. I think you need to have some very clear objectives uh, and you need to give young people the chance to reflect and do their research and homework around this as well to really get the most out of it. Did you do anything after watching? Like, did it change anything? Was there anything new in it for you? Not really. 
I liked the addition, and I think we've spoken about this in the previous podcast, haven't we, on persuasive design, the addition, talking about things like levels of dopamine and, and how, it, how social networks and technology has been designed in a way to, to potentially exploit psychological vulnerability. I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind because there are clear elements of that in there. It's, it's basically also good marketing and advertising. There's a very fine line. So, so I liked that there was addition of, of some really good, compelling things in there. But for me, I didn't really learn anything new. As I said, it brought out my, my cynic. It also brought out almost my, my teeth into my knuckles at the end. I just kind of <laughs> felt I felt frustrated that there were missed opportunities here to have a really good discourse. And while the film as itself might present a great opportunity to have a discourse and have a discussion, I just kind of felt there could have been more of that actually in the film rather than you having to use the film as a vehicle for everyone else to have this discourse on their behalf. How about you? Yeah, I mean, that's what I felt. There was nothing new here um, for us, but then this is our world. Yeah. So I think... I, my sense is what they were trying to do was they were trying to punctuate into the general public's awareness. You know, it's like how privacy that has rocketed. It take the past three years or so. Suddenly everybody's concerned about privacy, right? It's top of the agenda. They think about safeguarding, they think about privacy. So it kind of got up there. And I think this is an attempt to do the same thing. Hence using all the levers at their disposal to you know, get across the import of it. I wasn't keen on the drama. I've got to, I've got to say, if you need to dramatise something and add, you know, plinky plonky music <laughs> as a way of setting the tone, you know, this really is serious, folks. That then starts to make me feel nervous because what we've been doing for many years now is saying, let's just take the heat out of this, right? Let's not panic, yeah. folks, right? Good decisions, Good parenting, good education is not done on the basis of being panicked. Uh, and yet that's what this seems to do, is is to want to generate a panic. But I think it's trying to do that as part of this idea of a kind of global conversation of, you know, until people really are aware of the potential here of, of what can go wrong, then not much is going to change. So on that regard, I think it kind of did uh, what it needed to do. But it, it does feel like a bit like... Um, They've they've used they've used all the things that were not, <laughs> you know like as I said the being I, I, the words I've seen on on social media are things like terrifying. Now when people are using words like terrifying, that gets me nervous because that's not a basis to look at. You know uh, how do we make tech work for us? You're you're right. You know they're they're falling into the same kind of traps that they're accusing social media and the wider media of of, of using emotive language or indeed spread not spreading disinformation i think in this case but spreading using using almost like a form of propaganda isn't it oh, wow. if you're <laughs> using a form of propaganda <laughs> to try and talk to people about propaganda you you're kind of then undoing and, and that's and i don't mean it quite in that sense but and i know that things have been used for dramatic effect but i, but I totally agree um on one aside as well i think the kitchen safe is the worst invention possible it's it's a transparent box that you lock for a certain period of time yet you can still see the thing that you really want inside the box. Yeah, Is that not say, just the definition of a torture yeah, box? I was thinking that. <laughs> if you were going to put a phone in there, wouldn't you switch it off? I mean, that, that was the issue, wasn't it? The phone was pinging. <laughs> I do. I have a slight issue with the fact his phone his phone screen got repaired as well a few days later when he came down to finally check it. I just, yeah, slight spoiler alert here. Yeah, don't really. buy glass safe, folks. It yes, yes, work. indeed. Don't, don't keep hammers and goggles in the kitchen either. <laughs> 
isn't that also i mean that's the other aspect here so we have this example this dramatized example of you know mum locks the phone in this safe thing uh you know you're not going to use it for a period of time and child gets so frustrated that they eventually they take a hammer and smash the safe so they can see what their notifications are saying so a very clear message there that locking something away in a glass safe doesn't work yeah and yet we don't get well what does work it's like yeah it feels like that was the only attempt and then and then everyone just gave up <laughs> yeah yeah um one thing that frustrated me a little bit i say one thing there's a few things um is that i think it also and and, and no one can prove this so so everyone has their own opinion it it also maybe conflated the role of social media in all of these issues to the point where it was blaming social media for the issues itself. So I'll give you a couple of examples because I was just doing some research around this. Uh, I found a great article a couple of years ago written by Mark Pritchard from Procter & Gamble, his chief marketing officer. So Procter & Gamble, big company that supply, you know, produce many of the products that we use in our home and, and you know, food products and all the rest of it and stuff. And he said uh, back in 2018 that, that Procter & Gamble, along with many of the other big companies at the time, created the digital market media ecosystem in essence, they created that advertising model for social media because prior to 2008, it didn't exist. So the early comers to this space, like the Facebooks and Twitters, didn't have an advertising strategy in mind because their platform was never intended for advertising in the first place. It was intended for communication and connecting people. The advertising stuff came afterwards by the big companies who spotted that, ah, Facebook is attracting millions and millions of users quarter on quarter. There's money to be made here. There's a chance to get to our customers more directly. Let's think of a way of marketing adverts for the digital age through these platforms. So, so some of the issues that, that they're experiencing now, particularly the longer running ones like Facebook and Twitter and YouTube, are, are issues that have been created because of the addition of advertising over the years, because it wasn't fundamentally built into their thinking at the start. Now, new newcomers, to the, to the industry, maybe the likes of TikTok and the others, are going to have thought of this far more from the beginning in terms of how they built their platform, the way it was going to work and engage with users and so on. These things have been bolted on to, to Facebook uh, and have been issues that they've had to tackle kind of on the fly as they and they've kind of learned from this or, or maybe in some cases not, not learned as they've gone. And I, I think that's dangerous because we're, we're blaming Facebook potentially for this advertising model, but this advertising model didn't come from them. It's kind of been introduced to them by the people who help make the money. So so again, there's, there's a danger of kind of taking your eye off the ball here and, and blaming the social media platforms for these things. Same with things like extremist content, which was represented in the film as well. There's a danger of blaming social media for extremist behavior. And that's not true. You know, and we, we know this in the UK from a prevent strategy and, and prevent duty that all schools have is that this is not true. Social media is one conduit to drawing young people and others into extremism, but it's not the only one and it's not the primary cause. And I think it's important to, to make that point, too. Well, I guess that I mean, that gets you into this thing about, you know, why do people do bad things? Right. Why do good people do bad things? So there's a and I do often feel there's a sense that that's missing. It's It's easy to blame the technology companies. But on the other hand. I think we have learned that tech does influence behavior. It's not neutral. So it's complex. And maybe that's what's perhaps missing a little bit from all of this is that is that kind of complexity. I mean, my perspective on this as well is I know that there were some voices that were missing here, right? This is this was not about producing a balanced uh, discussion. This was about, you know, we've got an aim here and, you know, we want to put across this particular perspective. I'd be interested to know what people like the Oxford Internet Institute Sonia Livingston, you know, I'd be interested to hear 
what their uh, perspectives are on it all. Yeah, and we were chatting again before this, weren't we? And I, I stumbled across a great article from from a colleague over in the States that, that I've known for years, Anne Collier, C-O-L-L-I-E-R. If you, if you Google her and, and Social Dilemma, you'll find her article about this very, very quickly that highlights many of these points we've discussed, but also the importance of, you know, how you have this discourse and how you, how you do need to kind of think about other factors, societal factors, not just social media and all of this. Okay. Do you know, I'm thinking, right, that's all fine. <laughs> yeah, okay. We talked about all of that. and it's Yeah, well, we've, I think we've done quite well to be quite quite fair here, Jess, because <laughs> we didn't want it. To, we were really conscious we didn't I mean, want to turn I mean, this into yeah, a trashing of the it, film because that's not the case at all. It is no, a compelling film, a, as you it's, said. It's absolutely compelling. And the voices on there are stark. And it's got some really, I mean, Jaron Lanier, I love everything he talks about. That, to me, is the big thing, right? You know, we... There are so many issues with technology. The big thing for me, the, the biggest impact is this idea of, you know, not having a shared truth. Once you lose your sense of shared truth, then you lose, you know, your structures of decision making, your trusted sources of information, and then we can't solve the big problems. And that very much comes out in the film. You can't solve the big real world international problems if we don't all agree uh, what they are. So, um, and it also had Shoshana Zuboff there talking about kind of surveillance capitalism and all of that. So there's loads in there it's definitely well worth um a watch but the thing the other the final kind of thing which i think we've already alluded to was it wasn't entirely clear what you were supposed to do as a result of it so i thought on our podcast we should we should come up with three things that we should that you should do after watching the social dilemma the so what question absolutely absolutely do you want to start us off yeah i'll start so my first one is don't panic (laughs) that's our that's a number one one for anything online safety related isn't it i think (laughs) don't buy grass safe don't make your kids watch it if you don't want to right all this kind of stuff do uh, have a look at the closing credits what was a bit a bit surprising was so normally you'd find with these kind of things that it would they would you know it it would finish up with the here's what to do bit you know it's not so terrible there are some things you can do they didn't do that what they did do was a whole load of um tips from all the the people that were involved in the film during the closing credits so if you saw the credits coming up and thought i've I've done this you know it's finished don't you need to watch them there are lots of useful tips in there but they are you know they're simple things like uh, you know turn off notifications it's it's, so so that would be my kind of number one is 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 you know watch those tips and don't panic (laughs) yeah definitely and and it was a shame in some ways that some of the most positive stuff actually happened in in the credits and positivity from the people involved in in the filming as well was all kind of hidden away in the credits it would have been nice to have had it earlier but but it is there so yeah i agree so definitely watch that um yeah. so second tip get young people involved in this as i said one of my criticisms of the film was there isn't any young people's voice but you are in the privileged position as an educator to to get that perspective of young people and specifically the UK perspective versus the US perspective that's shown in the film. So so if you do choose to show this to your students, it's rated uh, 12. I've just double checked it on Netflix. So obviously it's it's suitable in secondary schools for certain age groups and up. So so obviously do make sure that you follow procedures in terms of showing a, a 12 rated film in school. But but do consider how you're going to use it. Go in with some clear objectives. As Jess said, you might want to break it down to certain segments of the film and focus on some of those issues. Uh, you yeah, might want to use, I use it a few the... clips. 
Mm. Yeah. Get a few clips, the most interesting ones, and see if they agree. Sorry, I jumped in there. Yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. <laughs> and, I, you know, if you want to use it for a structured debate, obviously it's, it's there to do so. If you want to use it for, for question and answer or research purposes to send young people away, that's important. But I would really emphasize the importance of doing that work afterwards. Don't show them the film and just leave it there because, as, as Jess said, it doesn't give those clear things you can do and it doesn't give you the whole picture. So you do need to do some work around it. Oh, oh, Gareth, I just thought. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Weren't we talking about, I mean, what have we just talked about right now? We have just, uh, you know, critiqued critiqued this film as a production, right? We, we've talked about what was it intending to do? Uh, did it achieve that? What might be the unintended consequences? Who's the audience? So actually, you could do, we were talking about this, you could, you could do an activity here that's about critiquing it in terms of media literacy, almost, right? Because we talked about what were, what were the voices that aren't on there, for example, what questions might you ask? How would you feel, you know, have they provided uh, compelling evidence? Could, could you question and test that? Whatever, you know, why did they use drama, music? Yeah? Absolutely. I think it, it opens a real doorway there for for you getting the young people themselves to su su suggest the positive actions out of this and the strategies that they would use and how they would advise other people in their family. I, I think there's real opportunity here to show what they already know about this area and what they get out of this this area of social media. So, yeah, definitely. Okay, and then the, the, so the third one, Ed, is... Yeah. yeah, that was number two. And then the third one was was resources you can use. So uh, we have our Project Evolve resources at projectevolve.co.uk, covering all eight strands shown in Education for a Connected World, which obviously matches very, very nicely with, with this topic because social media straddles a number of things from, from misinformation to online relationships to privacy and security and data collection and usage and so on. So there's, there's lots of stuff available at projectevolve.co.uk. You do now have to sign up to access those resources, but they are completely free and you can go away and use those for whatever year groups that you work with yeah any others and from I you think, jess no i was just going to say in terms of the resources the kind of wider thing I, i'm guessing you're going to get more questions from parents now so any kind of online safety sessions you're going to run parents are going to have seen this so you know be, be prepared for that kind of conversation On as well yeah, on that point as well, I would just advise if you are planning to use this in the classroom is is maybe consider it as a school how how you let parents know that you're going to be planning to use this. Because again, they may then go and watch the film at home before you have a chance to show it to your students, or they might watch it, you know, at the same time as you're showing it to your students. And so you, you might just have to kind of consider their reaction to it and how how you manage those questions. So yeah, definitely. Just just another resource actually. I just found on the Social Dilemma website, thesocialdilemma.com is is the website that supports the film uh, and all the information about it. They do have under the take action section a a sort of like discussion guide, which isn't predominantly. It's, I think it's called under start a conversation. It's not predominantly aimed at educators, but clearly it's it's written for them in mind as well. Um, and that's got some useful conversation starter questions and some things to consider do bear in mind again just having a quick look through it's quite us centric in terms of all the the, the quick facts that they've put on the on the sheets are all predominantly about facebook but they're also predominantly about us young people or adults as well so do keep that in mind when you're referring to those um and again uh, along with the other things that, that jess mentioned earlier about the film in terms of the emotive language that's been used around this film by the creators themselves there's quite a strong use of that in the document as well so again just just go into it with an open objective mind think about how you're going to use it as you would with any other educational resource cherry pick the bits that are right for you and your focus for your your teaching rather than rather than just using it as is so select the best bits 
fabulous Fantastic. so we'll finish up I think we will finish up. So before we do finish up formally, if you have a question or issue you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, please do get in touch by emailing podcast at swgfl.org.uk. So to finish up, as usual, we always give a recommendation of something to watch, listen to, read or play. Jess, what's your recommendation this time around? Yeah, podcast this time again. You know, I love my podcasts, dog walking and all that. File (laughs) on four. Uh, There's an episode called Me and My Trolls and it's journalist Sally Hughes she is looking into kind of anonymous trolling the people trolled her and she talks to a woman who trolled her so yeah compelling listening what about you gareth what have you what recommendation have you got definitely fantastic i feel i feel like i should recommend like the cute cuddly trolls that sing songs now as a as a an opposite <laughs> to that by the way um <laughs> so uh, i'm going to recommend one that that if you haven't seen already you need to go and just try it try out just so that you understand what children and young people are doing at the moment so i like to give game recommendations as you know so the game i'm going to go and recommend to go and play is called among us if you haven't heard about it by now i don't know where you've been because it seems to be all over youtube at the moment every every game streamer and vlogger is is playing it at the moment but but basically to sum it up it's uh like a murder mystery in space so you have all your little characters uh, and essentially you start every round and one or more of them are the imposter or the murderer. And they sneak around trying to trying to kill the other people and get away with it and hide. Um, and at various points, uh, you, you have to decide to vote off someone if you think they are the imposter. So so there's a lot of great psychology here. There's lots of fantastic sort of, you know, duplicitous kind of, are you the, the imposter? Are you not? People <laughs> turning on each other. Exactly as you get in like a proper murder mystery weekend, if you've ever been to one of those, but all played out sort of digitally and quite fast paced as well. You do the rounds in about five, 10 minutes, um, but also a fantastic way for connecting young people. So I've seen my, my kids have been playing it and been connecting with their friends who they're not always able to see face to face. So it's a great way of being able to chat and, and, and do those things. Even even two of my children who don't get on half the time and won't play a game to like a board game together for more than about five minutes sat and played this in the same room on two different devices for an hour and a half the other day so so actually it's a fantastic way of bringing people together as well so uh, i think it's about four pounds on pc to buy i think it's free on, on mobiles and, and tablets so uh, yeah do check it out fun game fabulous fantastic so there we are that brings us to the end of this podcast thank you so much for listening if you found it helpful please do spread the word to your fellow educators as always remember if you do have a query about an online safety issue affecting a young person yourself or your organization you can contact our professionals online safety helpline at helpline at saferinternet.org.uk or by calling 0344 381 and don't forget if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on a future podcast drop us an email at podcast at swgfl.org.uk a better internet starts with you goodbye for now bye-bye this safeguarding children online podcast has been produced by swgfl southwest grid for learning is a charity that has specialized in online safety for nearly 20 years and is one of the three partners in the UK Safer Internet Centre. The UK Safer Internet Centre is the national centre and one of 32 European Safer Internet Centres. For more information and terms of use, please visit www.swgfl.org.uk. Thanks for listening.